five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Tears for Fears, rocking the white privilege. You know, I'd never seen that video all the way through before. That's a new one. I've seen the the beginning. It's one of those songs you've I've heard many, 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 many times, but have never seen the video all the way through. And uh, pretty good production on the video. I have to say, pretty good production for a video. What was that? 19, like 1985, I think. Like they were a weird band. Like there was nothing like Tears or Fears at the time. They were nestled somewhere between Big Country and Howard Jones, I think. That's what they felt like. And that song goes out to the crazy bitch who, um, just had to get it out. When she like fully gets engaged in the screen part, she she looks like she looks like an alien. You look at those eyes. I, I I mistakenly played it twice. I only wanted to play it once. But you look at those eyes and it's like, wow, man, what is what is living inside that woman? And uh, it's the morning after. That's the name of the show today. That's the theme. It's a movie with Jane Fonda and Who's it? Uh, Jeff Bridges. A movie I've never seen, by the way. But I liked the title, and I liked Jane Fonda's freaked out look. So I used the image. It seems to fit. So we're going to talk a little bit about, I don't have a lot of time today. I've got about another uh, 43 minutes or so. Uh, because I have to, to think. Um we're going to talk about some of the after effects of this decision, which are starting to come in now. And we're, we've seen some, you know what? I need to get rid of this. Hold on. I have an issue here. This is my issue. Oh, yes. Much better. Oh, look at that. Much better. I got headroom and everything. But uh, some of the receipts are coming in now. And uh, it's going to be very interesting. It feels like this is, I mean, we've been in a civil war, but it feels like this is the, the shot across the bow. And it has very little to do with the crazies on the streets, which we haven't seen a lot of. I mean, Clearly, Friday night was a chance to uh, vent their anger, 
Saturday was a big nothing burger. I was on Portland Dandy's live stream on Saturday night. There was, there was nothing going on. So whatever kind of um, revenge or retribution that's being uh, planned in the back rooms right now. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll see what these people have in store as this whole thing continues to unfold. But at a corporate level, that's a different story. We're going to get into that today because at a corporate level and at a governmental level, uh, the, uh, the receipts are coming in. And uh, we talked a little bit about that last night with Dix on the Sunday night show, who is willing to offer their employees $4,000 plus a support person. Well, you don't just, you get a support person as well. They're paid for. They're not the only company. There's more. So before I go any further, let me, uh, let me talk about today's sponsor. As always, we're talking true hemp science. I was over at uh, Chris's shop on Saturday and he's always got something new. He's always cooking something new up. He's still working on the uh, Chatarian blend here. So True Hemp Science, that's what I'm talking about. Located uh, in Austin, Texas. And uh, it is owned and operated by my man, Christopher Lynch who is the mad scientist of CBD and some other things related. He's got a biosilica product that's, uh, that he puts out as well. So if you're interested in detoxing, you may want to check out his biosilica. I don't know if that's on the True M Science website, but uh, it's pretty good stuff. Very strong. So if you're into detoxing your metals, biosilica is a, uh, pretty good uh, source to do that with. Anyway, if you get $100 worth of product, and I bet if you got some of that biosilica, Chris would uh, count that towards your $100 threshold, and uh, you'd get $20 worth of product sent out to you. Uh, TrueHempScience.com backslash ref, that's R-E-F, backslash 23, and the code word you want to use to get your your goodies is 15. That's one five mins, capital M I N S, 15 mins. And check out the biosilica stuff if you're looking to detox. And you're always welcome to call Chris. He's had conversations with a number of you already, which is really cool. So if you want to ask about the biosilica, you can do that. Let's see what's going on in chat. Who do we have here today? Uh, we got Ryan right at the top. What's going on, Ryan? And then there's Tom. Good to see you, DJMC Hucklebug for eleven checking in. Michelle Taylor, I'm on a roll today as I see Robert's theme from last night. I know I'm in the right place. I'm in sync and alignment. Doesn't Jane Fonda look all fucking freaked out there? Jane Fonda's a trip. From uh, vehement anti-war protester Hanoi Jane to becoming the aerobics queen. People forget about that. Jane Fonda became the fucking aerobics queen. 
of the exercise craze back in the early 1980s. She was huge. Those Jane Fonda videos, those dancer size videos, she was fucking huge. She was easily, she's probably more popular than Richard Simmons, although pretty close. And then she marries Ted Turner, gets face to face with his dark shit, becomes a Christian, and then she comes back out the other side and she's anti-Trump. What a what a life. It's always pretty good. Well, good to see you, Michelle. Michael Pafford, what's going on? He's checking. There's the beautiful Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Wendy says, good morning. Here's Tondar, parent of the year. I'm nominating. I know the year is still pretty young. We're about halfway through it. But I'm nominating Tondar as parent of the year. Teze right behind Tondar. What's going on, Teze? Scrubby is checking in. Hello, Tamra. Uh, let's see. There's my man, Maurice 100. Always good to see you. Looking forward to seeing you in October, Maurice. JMP Love, Jacqueline is here. What's going on, Jackie? Good to see you. Kelly B. Kelly B is here. 69 TM, trademarked. The Mondays. I know she had the Mondays, right? We have no sound Monday. Did you get the sound? Are you crazy? There's no sound. Did you get no sound today? I checked the box. Okay, sound. I watched this video last night. I don't think it's Chelsea Handler. She's so funny at the end. I've got <laughs> I've got responsibilities. I've got dishes to do. Oh my God. Miss Nakia's in the house. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Equicentric, that could be the checker at your local grocery store. I know, right? Totally. There's Fran. What's going on, Fran? Good to see you. CC Jones, Julie Sunshine, triple three. Let's see. Good follow-up song. I know, right? Michael, if I had more time, I would have downloaded both videos, and I just would have played them and said, wait, I can still do that, I'm sure. Let it all out. Yeah, Tears for Fears. That for, the first two Tears for Fear albums, Tears for Fears albums were great. Sowing the Seeds of Love has a lot of highs and a lot of lows. I still like it, though. And after that, I lost interest. Uh, nothing happened, Maurice. He had a bunch of people try to break into the Arizona state capitol. Looked, looked, looked a lot to me like an insurrection. But um, nothing happened. And it'll never be talked about as an insurrection. The song is quintessential 80s feeling, right, Queen Lisa? I agree. Uh, yeah, they don't have the same kind of firepower that the BLM thing had. Kelly says, I saw people talking about loved ones having cancer, multiple things like that. I did think it was about the decision at, uh, what is that? QST watch then? J. Cruz, Johnny! Yes, the song is about primal scream therapy. Arthur Yanov was their inspiration at the time as they were both involved 
in letting it all out. They had that teenage angst, that teenage rebellion. Yes. What's going on, Johnny? Dismantling tyrannical federal court may be the reality behind the curtain. Could be, Taze. Could be. So it sounds as if it was just mostly gathering together in big cities. Yes, lots of shrieking. There was lots of shrieking going on. Holy shit. Lots of shrieking, lots of twerking, lots of um, lots of shouting. Uh, look how modest the outfits are. I know. A lot of white privilege there with Tears for Fears. That video may get banned at some point. Some racial invectives from the left against Clarence Thomas. That doesn't surprise me, Uncle Buck. Let's see who else we have. Tylee M. What a great memorable song to start the day with. Everybody loves Tears for Fears. That first, those first two records are gold. And Rolando Orzabal was very talented. If you listen to the arrangements on that song, those are really great arrangements. Fantastic. The 80s were a blur, I know. We should have really appreciated them more. It was hard, though, you know, because it was Reagan. We had Reagan during the 80s, and I, I didn't dig Reagan. I did not dig Reagan. It's like, what is all the fucking buzz about here? The buzz was is that I didn't make enough money. That was the buzz. If I had made more money, I would have understood Reagan. But I was, it, it, to me... That was the time I was really just kind of starting out in life as my 20s. And um, when you're in your 20s, you don't make a lot of money. Now, that doesn't mean that you could be watching uh, Michael J. Fox doing his little greed is good on that. What was was that show? I forget the name of it. Where Michael J. Fox was the little Republican capitalist greedy cunt. And his parents were kind of liberals, right? What was the name of that show? I didn't even watch TV back then. I just knew some of these shows. My parents watched TV. They would watch shows like Simon and Simon. And I was, for when I was uh, between 24 and I think 26, I know it's late in life, but I was still living at home. Because when I was 20, I, I went to college and lived at home. And I graduated when I was 24 because I changed majors and kind of, I didn't fuck around. Um, it's not like I, I stopped going to college, but I changed majors. So that kind of slowed my progress down a little bit. And then when I left, I went and traveled and I went to Finthorn and all these places. And I came back and, you know, my mind was blown. It's like, now I got to go live in this life again. I'm like, what am I doing here? So I wound up getting a job and I started making money and I started to put some money away. And that's, that's what the plan was. So I would stay at home. I was staying at home and I'd be upstairs. Most of the time I'd be in my room. I didn't have a TV. There was no internet. So I would listen to music. I would read. Uh, I would write. That was, that was my life. And every now and then I'd come up, I'd, I'd go downstairs and get something to drink or something to eat or whatever. And they'd have the TV on. And they'd be watching something. Magnum P.I., Simon and Simon. These shows. I have no context with any of these shows. So um, I did watch a little MTV back then. 
Uh, who else do we have here? Wonderful girls' clothes have them too. The, the shoulder pads. Um, it was the thing. It was the thing. Shoulder pad makers had a really good union. <laughs> Excuse me. Cup of coffee for a jab, $4,000 for a castration. Oh my God. Here's my man, Steve. What's going on, Steve? Oh, uh, let's see. Who else? We got, a, we got a good chat today. Today's an all star lineup in chat, I got to say. Big time all star. Any comments on CERN re upping? You know, Emily Moyer, who I had dinner with on Saturday night, she has a really interesting theory about CERN. Emily's theory is that CERN was always there and that they don't know how to control it. That it, it basically activates itself. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Ryan says, I didn't own a TV from 85 to 92. I was kind of in the same boat. I was kind of in the same boat, although there was a period in the late 80s and early 90s where I did have a TV. I was married, 89 to roughly 90. It was a very long time. Um, and I did have a TV. And we did have cable. But I didn't watch... TV series. I mostly watch sports and um, I watched a lot of videos. I was, I was big into videos. They had a really cool kind of uh, underground indie video store on Green Lake in Seattle. And I'd run a lot of videos. And uh, the guy who ran the video store was really cool, although I didn't always like his taste in videos. Well, you'll love this. You'll love this. This is great. This is great. And I take it home. It was one of those, I don't mind foreign movies. I love foreign movies. But it was one of those foreign movies that would, you'd scratch your head with it. Why the fuck am I watching this? What did this guy see in this? Um, let's see. Maurice is really, really dating himself here. He says, when I was young, I watched those network variety shows like Jackie Gleason, Ed Sullivan, and Lawrence Welk. Jackie Gleason, he was something else, huh? Red Skelton, the Nelsons. Red Skelton was a 33rd degree Mason. Let's see. I, Michael says, I agree with Emily's position on CERN. Is Knight Rider still PC? Trans Am. Ouch. Give me a, well, give me a, give me a drum roll. Give me a drum roll and a, and a snare hit. That was good. That was good 69 TM. Uh, Taze, agree with Emily. There we go. Hi, Finghorn. What year were you there? Fuck nukes, uh, not unicorns. I was there in 1984. I was there uh, from the uh, end of October. So October, November, to the end of November. So they set us free. Um the beginning of uh, right at the end of November, beginning of December, they set us free. So we were there a month. It was great. You have a six feet under fan. I missed that one. And I got a TV. I really rented videos. I really, uh, me too. I was, it was the same way. Have gone with what well, I love that show, Maurice. Have gone with Tra will travel. I love that show. It was great. Richard Boone was great. Always dressed in black. 
Wire Paladin. Richard Boone was a freak, though, man. He was a total freak. He was a total freak. Later on in life, he got busted. He and I told this story before. He shows up in Kitty Kelly's biography um, on Frank Sinatra. He and Peter Lawford were buddies, and uh, they were busted for being at a gay bar in Australia. They raided this gay bar, and they were in there. <laughs> oh, we were just checking it out for upcoming movie roles. We want to know what this was like. And then Richard Boone becomes like this hardcore Zionist and starts teaching uh, drama in Israel and all this shit. I mean, he is a, he's a total Gemini. I did appreciate the odd episode of Heck Ramsey every now and then. Okay, um, let's talk about, I don't have a lot of time today, but uh, why don't we talk about the morning after? Because that is the, that is the, that is, that is the title of today's show. Uh, before I get into the morning after stuff, have you guys seen the, the video with Burks and Jim Jordan? Uh, now, Jim Jordan doesn't have to do anything else but just, uh, be in these committees and ask these questions. I don't care what else he does because apparently people in Ohio don't think very highly of him. But I find these uh, these interrogations to be entertaining. Uh, it's about six minutes long. I'm gonna play it. And um, he catches a scarf lady right in the crosshairs. Here we go. Have a listen if you haven't heard this. I think this is her daughter behind her, by the way. You got to do something with that hair. God, it's terrible. Is it the uh, the water from the shower? That is some, that's some gnarly looking shit there. You may hold on to that question. Okay. The chair now recognizes Mr. Jordan for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dr. Burks, why should Americans believe anything the government says about COVID? I mean, last summer, last summer, uh, President Biden said this, quote, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be hospitalized. You're not going to be in the ICU. Dr. Burst, can vaccinated people get COVID? Yes. Can have vaccinated people been hospitalized with COVID? Yes. And, and, and according to your testimony, it wasn't just President Biden who said things that were not accurate and were not true. Your testimony that you provided the committee, you said beginning in 2021, so beginning in the Biden administration, again, these are your words, agencies provided muddled and contradicting information or partial information that implied we knew something we didn't, which they later had to correct, which accelerated the loss of respect and trust in the federal government. So I'll come back to maybe my original question. Why should we believe anything the government tells us about COVID? Well, that's why, um, to be honest, that's why I wrote the book, and that's why I believe that this is a moment in time where we can increase accountability and transparency and provide that data and information in real time to the American people so they are empowered with the knowledge that they need to protect themselves and their families. We knew early on in January of 2021 and late December of 2020 that reinfection was occurring after natural infection. Once you see that, and I want to make it clear to you all and to, to anyone that's listening, this is not measles, mumps, and rubella. 
Those but, vaccines produce long-term immunity and can create herd immunity. So uh, I just want to interrupt for a second, Dr. Burst. You said something important. You said in early 2021, January 2021, you knew that people who had been vaccinated could be reinfected. I knew that people who were naturally infected were getting reinfected. And that was quite evident from South Africa, and I've included it in my slides. But I think the reason I knew that is South Africa did a remarkably good job in measuring baseline antibody with their first surge. And so they knew 50, 60, 70% of some of their population well, had been infected. Well, well, here's what I'm and concerned. And then were reinfected. Well, here's what I'm concerned about with. Let me ask the question this way. When the government told us, told the American people, that people who had been vaccinated couldn't get it, were they guessing or were they lying? I don't know. All I know is there was evidence from the global pandemic that natural reinfection was occurring. And since the vaccine was based on natural immunity, you cannot make the conclusion so that the vaccine will do better than natural infection, although it can often do slightly better. But I think that's, I mean, you're an expert. You were on the task force. You were part of this, this effort when you were in the previous administration. And you're saying in this administration that you can't rule out the fact that our government was lying to us when they told us the vaccinated could not get the virus. I don't know about their discussions that they had in the task force. So I can't tell you that. I can tell you as a family member who had individuals that were susceptible, of course we got everybody vaccinated, but we still use layered protection during surges because I knew potentially the vaccine immunity would wane like natural immunity waned. And there was evidence that every four months reinfection was occurring in South Africa. Wow. When the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't transmit it, was that a lie or was that a guess? Or is it the same answer? I think it was hope that the vaccine would work in that way. And that's why I think scientists and public health leaders always have to be at the so, table, so being it, very clear what we know and what we this, don't this know. Is in, this is important for the country to know. So when I asked the question, when the government told us that the vaccinated couldn't get it, and I asked you if it was a guess or a lie, you said you don't know. You said you think it was hope. So what we do know is it wasn't the truth. So they were either guessing, lying, or hoping, and communicating that information to the, to, the, to the citizens of this country. I think they were hoping, but you should know in those original phase three trials that were done in this country, that we only measured for symptomatic disease. So we weren't proactively testing everybody in those trials to see if they got infected with mild or asymptomatic disease. And so people had to present within the clinical trial. I'm just- So I, we I, never had the data that it yeah. was going to protect against asymptomatic infection. I'm just struck with the irony. We got, we got government agencies guessing, hoping, or lying uh, if, if, with, with the information they're presenting to the American people. And this is the same this is the same administration that wants to set up the, the government governance, disinformation governance board and wants to talk about misinformation. And they're the biggest purveyors of misinformation, false information, hopeful information, but not accurate and true information, which is, uh, again, the frustration I think so many of the folks I get the privilege of representing have shared, uh, have shared with me. When the government downplayed natural immunity, was, was that a guess or a lie? We're only beginning to under, okay, these are complicated answers, so I'm gonna to try to be very brief. Um, once you are infected, you're putting immune pressure on that virus, and so this is, we know viruses always mutate, and they mutate to escape something. 
like immune pressure, virologic pressure. And that's why you always have to be looking for evidence of reinfection so you can understand what epitopes on the virus are under extensive immune pressure. So you can map that and design next generation vaccines and next generation therapeutics. You'd like to find epitopes that are constant, that the virus can't mutate from, or it loses its ability to actually infect and replicate. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Birx. Mr. Chairman, I, I, I just think this is amazing. The, our government, guessing, hoping, or lying, one of those, but what we do know is they weren't telling us the truth, weren't telling the American people the truth. Um, and, it's, and it started right with the President of the United States just 11 months ago when he told us something that was absolutely false. Uh, with that. Well, to be fair, Jim, it actually started with the other president who ultimately wound up relying on people like Deborah Burks and uh, Tony Fauci to uh, communicate the message to the American people, which obviously was erroneous, totally erroneous. See that guy in the background? Like behind, I think that's Burke's daughter behind her. There's a guy behind her who looks like he's wearing like a white lab coat and uh, maybe a stethoscope, like, and he's got a mask on. It's almost like, okay, we're going to put somebody behind her who looks legitimately like a doctor, maybe a doctor, but really, maybe all they did was sleep at a Holiday Inn. Um, the optics are very important around stuff like that. Very important. The woman behind her, who again, I believe is her daughter, she's dressed in all white, you know, virginal, pure. The guy behind her, dressed in white, little uh, powder blue uh, tie, necktie, looking like a doctor. Who knows, maybe he was a doctor. But those optics are important because they're trying to sell something behind her, right? They're trying to they're trying to to buttress the fact that she's going to tell people that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, and that they may have had a study or two, and they were hoping, wishing, praying that um, this vaccine would work in a way that would keep the you know the nasty COVID out of people for perpetuity. But they never took into account the fact that people could shed, people could spread, people who got the vaccine could wind up in the hospital, all those things. And I'm sure they knew it, but clearly now they can go back and feign ignorance and say, well, we really didn't know. We really, we were hoping it would work. We need a break. Um, so let's talk about the morning after. And I've got probably about 20 minutes left. Let's talk about the morning after. We talked about dicks. Now Netflix is doing the same thing. Netflix is offering monetary support. Monetary support for people that want to get abortion need to get abortion so here we have the red uh, the uh, website uh, red states and uh, this is the uh, the latest news on the new civil war Michigan governor Whitmer vows to ignore state law 
after SCOTUS Dobbs decision. Well, it should be up to the state. We know that your state is run by a coven of witches. Yourself, David Nestle. So what's gonna happen in a state like Michigan, which is pretty conservative. I mean, you have your, your liberal outliers with Ann Arbor um, and possibly pockets of Detroit. That demographic is changing, by the way. Detroit is losing more and more people every year. 20 years, Detroit, Detroit's population will be probably somewhere under, I would say 200,000, which for a city like Detroit, which was, I think up around one time, Detroit was up around 800,000 people, that uh, would be drastic. The fallout from the Supreme Court's historic decision on Friday that gutted Roe v. Wade continues to reverberate across the United States of America. The shockwaves from that decision rolled into Michigan on Friday. And the governor of the Great Lakes State, Gretchen Whitmer, with all of her wisdom, decided that she would ignore a state law that she's been elected to enforce. A pretty gosh darn novel approach to governing, I guess. As I wrote in a previous post earlier today here at Red State about the Dobbs decision, LaDuke, your lump of cells argument is a load of manure, and have written many times here about the job that Gretchen Whitmer is doing in the state of Michigan. I feel we are a bit of a crossroads in the Mitten State. The signs at this intersection are called, will she and get away with it? This of course is yet to be determined because this is what elections are held for. And with the history of how Republican candidates fare in the state, I have some concerns. Last week, I opined about the field of GOP contenders in Michigan governor's race for the Republicans is finally ready to take off. I'm hoping this race produces a strong contender to face Whitmer in November. Probably doesn't matter, to be honest with you. I'm no longer a registered Republican and declare my independence and embrace my libertarian streak years ago. Or for this cycle of voting, for the, this is more about you. Come on, let's get to the Whitmer part. Um, how are they able to put that ending about not giving up on kids without gagging on the irony puke pile? So apparently, let's see, we got a statement. Here's the statement. This is what I want to get to. Today is a sad day for America as an unelected group of conservative judges act squarely against the will of the people in medical expertise. It's okay if they're unelected and they rule in their favor. But when they don't rule in their favor, it's not okay. But at that point, they're unelected. We can all sense the despair that tens of millions of Americans, our neighbors, family members, and friends are feeling right now. However, we personally feel about abortion health, not politics. It's driving important medical decisions. With today's decision, Michigan's antiquated 1931 law banning abortion without exceptions for rape or incest and criminalizing doctors and nurses. So they've got a law in the books there that bans abortions. And by Roe Ro v. Wade being the law of the land, it overrode their own state's law. Now they got to deal with this. That's why she's going to ignore, she's going to ignore her own state's law. The 1931 law would punish women and strip away their right to make decisions about their bodies. I'm deeply disappointed that Michigan's Republican legislative leaders have been in court defending this draconian ban to the detriment of women and families. 
Some legislators have gone a step further proposing a 10-year prison sentence for abortion providers and a 20-year sentence for anyone manufacturing, selling, or distributing birth control medication. I want every Michigander to know that I'm more determined than ever to protect access to safe legal abortion. Now is the time to use every tool in our toolbox to protect women and reproductive health care. That, that to me, the phrase reproductive health care is always oxymoronic. Really? To protect reproductive health care doesn't seem to have anything to do with health. This is why I filed a lawsuit in April. I used my executive authority to urge the Michigan Supreme Court. <coughs> so she knew this was coming. Um, to uh, let's see, to resolve whether Michigan state constitution protects the right to abortion. We need to clarify that under Michigan law, access to abortion is not only legal, but constitutionally protected. Well, it's no longer constitutionally protected. It's been given back to your state. If your state has a law in the books, then you need to either change the law or challenge the status of the law, which it looks like she is doing. In addition, my recent executive directive instructs all state departments and agencies not to cooperate with authorities from other states who want to prosecute women seeking legal abortion care and instructs departments to increase protections for reproductive health care. I will fight like hell to protect every Michiganders right to make decisions about their own body. Well, she sure as hell didn't fight like hell when people didn't want to be injected with something that uh, Deborah Burks and the people around Deborah Burks hoped would work. This is the same woman that shut the state down, made it impossible for people to do business because she didn't, she didn't respect their rights to not be, to not be injected. I see. I will not give up, give in or give up for my kids, your kids, and the future of our great state. Well, what if you don't want your fucking kid? Pardon me. If you don't want your kid, not your fucking kid. What if you don't want your kid injected? If you don't want to, what if this, this school says, well, did Johnny get his uh, two mRNA shots? He'll need them before he starts school. No. First of all, why would you want to send your kid to school at this point? But let's just say for the sake of an argument, you did. No, Johnny didn't get his two. And we're, well, I'm sorry. We, we can't accept Johnny. Will, will Governor Whitmer, Governor, I call her Governor Hitler, Whitler, rather, Governor Whitler, will, will, she, um, will she stand up for your kids' rights at that point? No, of course not. She's not gonna. She's not gonna sit there and go. You know what? I've been thinking about this, and both of these things have to be equally true. I'm changing my stance on vaccines and mandates. You, I learned a big lesson here. If a politician actually did that, that'd be really interesting. Would it make their position on abortion more valid? I think the right politician could probably win people over coming to that conclusion, but they'll never do that. They can't. 
because they do, and they were involved in the great hypocrisy, sham and scam known as COVID, um, they might be in, in for uh, legal issues, right? So they, they can't recant. Uh, they can't have their, you know, their uh, saw on the road to Damascus moment. Not going to happen. And if they do, they're basically not doing it because it's politically expedient, but it's a moral imperative. Um, this is what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with a whole series of morning after decisions. And uh, there's a lot, there's a lot more, there's a lot more going on too. A lot more. Um, we wanna, I, I can't do it today because I don't have time today, but Russia has just sent Belarus nuclear missiles. Russia has sent a number of neighboring countries who are on the pro-Russia side of things, nuclear missiles. And the war in Ukraine is over, it's done. But NATO does not want to concede defeat. So they're getting Lithuania involved. And Lithuania is uh, essentially going to stop Russian goods from going through their country on a rail, on train. So if Russia can't send its goods to Western Europe, including fuel, by the way, uh, Western Europe's kind of fucked and Russia's kind of fucked too. So NATO just keeps goading and egging Russia on. Yeah, okay, you guys kick some ass in Ukraine. Yeah, you, you got some of those territories back. But we're gonna keep running Zelensky out there. Zelensky was at he was at um, he was at Glastonbury on the big pyramid. Zelensky has become big brother. He's everywhere. You remember how in the movie Big Brother's face was always on the screen in sock and telling you what's up. Yeah, we were at, you know, at war with this country and then this country and this country. It wasn't even really countries, it was more like regions. But if you pay attention to the movie, you know, you weren't at war with them before. Now you're at war with them. And then later on, you're not at war with them again. It's one of those things, right? They keep changing uh, the narrative. Nobody really knows what's going on. Just like Ukraine, nobody really knows what's going on. It's, a, it's definitely a 1984 moment in terms of... The, unfolding this uh, this movie. And Zelensky is the 1984 guy. He is that guy. He's big brother. He's everywhere. Everywhere. So there's that. Um, there's the United States sending billions of dollars to Africa. Now all of a sudden we've become the bank for the rest of the world and the rest of the world's issues and problems be they climate change or energy or whatever, right? We'll cover more of that tomorrow because uh, there's other things going on here. We're, we're talking about the whole Roe v. Wade thing and the effects that it's having, which are significant, but um, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more happening that we're not aware of as always, but you're aware of it now because you've taken some time out to watch a little bit of the show. 
anyway, thanks for being here. I got to go. I know it's a little bit short, but uh, we'll be back to a, an LP long player tomorrow. This is the EP. We're the EP version of the show today. The extended play, not the long play, was not a 45 or a single, but today was the EP, the dance remix. All right, take care. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. I have the link if you want to go to the meetup, come to the meetup this Saturday. I have the link there. We're going to have people there. Um, it'll be cool. I'm expecting a mostly Texan turnout, which is fine with me. Uh, we shop. We got everything. We're ready to rock and roll. So uh, it's right there on the 15 Minutes of Flame sidebar. And um, if you're interested, I hope to see you there. If not, we got October coming up. Don't forget that. I'll be talking more about that as the days move forward here. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Um, bye for now.